0: Welcome to When the Ball Stops podcast. My name is TK LaFleur, mental fitness coach for athletes. When the Ball Stop discusses vital topics around mental toughness, leadership, and developing a strong mindset in athletes. Every time there is a stoppage in play, that's an opportunity to do quick check-ins with your mental and emotional state to reset yourself and your team. Utilizing these precious moments can be the difference between playing under control or out of control. For this episode of When the Ball Stops, we have Brittany Dones here um, as my special guest. She's going to talk to you guys a little bit about parenting when it comes to sports and a little bit of the psychological side of things when it comes to sports. She is a licensed therapist. Um, So, Brittany, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here.
1: Uh, Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, please?
1: Yes. um, So... Like TK said, I am Brittany. Um, I'm from Texas. Uh, I am a licensed professional counselor. Um, I was raised in Texas. Um, I lived in New Jersey for a little bit, but I was raised in Texas. I first started off playing soccer um, because up north, like soccer was the thing. Um, I came to Texas afterwards. Um, I came back to Texas after my parents divorced. I got into basketball. Um, when I was nine and it was just no looking back um I um, ended up going to high school I went to private school high school I played all four years um varsity there I was the captain junior my junior and senior year I got a lot of college offers like from Baylor LSU to um, hoop I ended up um it, it it's funny because but I ended up not going to those schools because I called myself at 18 trying to be mature and I thought to myself I don't know I was like you know what I'm gonna just focus on my grades and basketball is gonna be like um secondary like I'm not really I don't I don't I don't think I want to play going forward and everybody thought I was crazy because like when I was younger they used to be like you're gonna be the first girl in in the NBA and stuff you know loving basketball had came out so that was a big thing but so I made that decision on my own my, my mom she didn't force me anything. So I made the decision and I was like okay and I got and I picked a school that wasn't even on my radar but both of my parents attended so I went to PV and um, Prairie View A&M University and I get there and and it was like I couldn't get away from basketball like they people were like you want to come hoop and I went of course and we're just hooping around I'm not on any team because at this point like I said I made a decision not to hoop so I'm just hooping and I'm hooping and I get noticed from the coach who is Cynthia Cooper now. And I'm like, dang, man, I can't I'm like, man, maybe it's a sign because here I am. I tried to get away from basketball and you have Cynthia Cooper, who's the coach. So she sent somebody to um, I was a biology major at first and then I became a psychology major. But we had to take the like the elective courses where you pick a sports and you get like one credit for it. So, I, of course, I picked basketball as my little one sport or my one credit sport. And she sent the instructor of the basketball coach in to talk to me, and I was still like, nah, I'm not going to play, right, so I stuck with my answer or whatever, um, so fast forward, um, basketball has been my thing forever, it, I'm very passionate about basketball, um, and I guess that's just a little bit about me, Um, so I still play um, in, like, tournaments, I actually tore my ACL long enough ago, but not too long ago, a couple years ago, playing and so I don't know. Um, so that's that's just a little bit of background
0: about me. Well, I learned a whole lot of new mm-hmm. things about mm-hmm. you because I had no idea that mm-hmm. that's why you you didn't. You st- I didn't know you stopped playing going into college. Yeah, um, I never knew the background behind that. And, you know, you never really know what's going on in a in a person's head when they make those type of decisions and things like that. So very insightful. Um, did you play all four years at PV or you only played three years or?
1: No, I didn't. I ended up. I, I told her no. I ended up not you playing at You still it all. told her no. Yes, like, after still, all of that, I know. Wow. Still told her no. Funny, my freshman year PV, I ended up getting. I wasn't on any team. Ended up getting female um athlete of the year, and I have no idea um how that happened because I didn't even play. But um, I played stuff around the school, like I played football and then right. I played basketball. And so I don't know what that happened, and um, I got you know my little award for it, and so it was pretty cool. And I still said no. And today, let me tell you, today currently, that is probably if I had a do over, that is the only thing in my life that I yeah. would that I would do over. That yeah. the, that's the one thing I would do over is I would have went ahead and played or whatever because at that time, like when I was one, I was eight, when I was eighteen, I and I was trying to be all mature and I was like, I'm gonna focus on my work. I need to. I'm right. gonna be a doctor and all of this. I looked up the salaries and, you know, they were so low back then. I mm-hmm. mean, right now we're still trying to fight for equality, you know what I mean, between the WNBA and NBA. So back then, so when I looked up being a doctor and I was like, well, I would make more and I'm not nowhere in tear on my body, you know, as far right. as like, you know, jumping up and down on my knees. And so I'm all mature and I'm researching. I'm like, I'm about to go to college. And yeah, I don't know. It was just so funny the time when I'm looking back how mature I was trying to be like, oh, no, I, I'm going to do this and, you know. But um, right. that's the one thing um, I, you know, as a therapist, I try to tell people and myself, you know, live with no regrets. But that is the one thing in my life. I have right. basketball dreams still, like, and I rarely dream, but when I do dream, it's about basketball. So right. I know that, like, you know, so yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know why I thought maybe at the end you just didn't say it yet that she had convinced <laughs> you, but wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. So you grew up playing basketball. You kind of, um, touched on some of the talking points you grew up playing basketball playing sports there was no outside pressure anything from family or friends to make it to a certain level was that pressure you put on yourself or was that more of like um you just cut all of it off solely like you said because you wanted to pursue being a doctor and talk us through how you were feeling when you were going through and doing the research and you were making the decision to not play, like, were you happy with that decision? Did you feel uneasy about it? Or were you just gung-ho confident? Because right now you sound very confident about what you did, But in the moment at 17, 18, were you as confident as you are now?
1: I was confident, but there was uneasiness because that basketball had been my life. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? everybody that knew me, I hooped from sun up to sun, I mean, all night, you know what I mean? Yep. And In the neighborhoods and um, where I grew up in Dallas, I, I mean, I'm just, you know, like known there because I would be outside all night when, you know, things were less dangerous and you could walk home and all, drive you back right. home and stuff. I mean, all night. So when I was about to make that decision, I was like, oh man, like, you know, I kind of felt uneasy, but I was 80% sure. Like, I was like, okay, I have to you know this is going to be you know better for me but mm-hmm. you know um yeah but now I'm pretty confident in it. but like you said like I was uneasy just a tad bit um back then but I just knew like I'm the type of person when I, I I'll think out what I'm going to do first you know what I mean and then I do what I you know and then I execute whatever it is that I want to do and right. um so that's how I felt then but like i said now i'll still have like dreams basketball dreams where i'm like um in high school i have some it's crazy i'm like wow like in high school and i'm like you know some of like my games and stuff that i replay in my head and stuff um yeah and it's very hard to me it's very hard like i love basketball i watch it all the time and stuff and it is very hard i cannot go to like a gym like i like over COVID and a little before COVID gaining weight and stuff yeah. after I threw my ACL, I can't go to a gym. I've never been able to go to a gym even today. And I cannot not touch the floor. If that make it, the, the, I cannot not go in there and hoop. I don't know what it, I cannot go to a gym and not hoop. If right. a gym has a, a, a go a, a um, courting it, I'm I'm going every single time. That's in you know when you're working out, you know how you're supposed to be running on the treadmill and lifting. What I, that's my problem. I'll bypass it every time and be like <laughs> oh, I'm going, I'm going and and then you know so.
0: But I mean that's a good workout too. I mean yeah have, oh yeah cardio yeah. in there. Oh yeah, you have to dribble and play defense. So it's a little, yeah. it's a little bit of everything. You know it's all yeah. around. It's an all around workout. That's um, true. So, just thinking back to high school, I know you said that you were on the court a lot. and You were in the gym all the time working out. You know, you got some big-time offers to go play Division One. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Talk to talk to me about what your training was like. Was it structured training, or did you just go play 5-on-5? Five five? Did you do things on your own? Ooh. How were you, How was so you consistently trying in, to get better? And so,
1: we had training with the coach and the team, you know. And then you have off-season workouts where off-season, you're just handed the workout and you got to go put in the work yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then I played every day. Like I remember like um, we would go and we would start the season and my coach would be like – she would be like – like she would use me as some of the examples and she would be like – I hadn't talked to her all summer or anything. And we would come back and she would be like – you she would be you know telling the other girls she'd be like you got to do what you know bd does Mm -hmm. i guarantee you she's been working all summer and it's true i never it wasn't one day of the summer that i wasn't outside in the heat you know texas heat right sweating with you know i I mean all night not an exaggeration all night all morning i would leave early in the morning and you know my mom be like you know you can't leave until you do the dishes the dish already done the, the night before. Cause I'm, I'm leaving early in the morning. I'm, I'm gone. You know what I mean? And hooping all day. I remember like my back, I was in a lot better shape. So, you know, you're all ripped and thin, but like my back used to hurt and I was in good shape. You know what I mean? And like right. today when I think I'm like, dang, I couldn't imagine. I was like, that was amazing times. You know, when you think about your childhood and growing up, you're like, that was amazing. But, uh, today I couldn't imagine like my back used to hurt then. And I was ripped in my knee, my knees, my knees didn't really hurt or anything like that, but my back from running and using your core and you know, all that. So, yep.
0: mm-hmm. so it sounds like what I'm hearing is there was a lot of consistency. There was a lot of trust. Yeah. There was a lot of dedication and commitment. Oh, all yes. of these qualities are things that athletes need in order to be successful, in order to challenge themselves, in order to grow themselves to get the outcome on the other side, which is a scholarship to play basketball, or if you're already in college, to get drafted and go play either in the WNBA or go play overseas. All of those things to get to those stages and levels require consistent levels of work. It it requires daily commitment. It requires doing whatever you have to do Finding a way to get the workout done. It doesn't yes. matter what obstacles in the way, we yes. hear stories all the time about athletes that were born on, on farms and they had to make a hoop out of a milk Man. Grain. Yes. So you know, we we hear these stories about people that are, you know, doing farm work or they are making um weight out of filled up water jugs or whatever it is they're doing whatever it takes to get it done and for the and you know that's not everybody's story because some people do have the opportunity to walk down the street like you did and go to a court or they have a driveway to work out in or they have a gym that somebody will open up for them so they can get their workout in in a gym most definitely whatever your your space is to get your workout in there's no excuses commitment dedication consistency every single day going hard that's Mm -hmm. what's going to get you the the goals and dreams that you're looking for that's going to help you reach those Um, yes yes i agree so let's fast forward a little bit um and talk about what your mindset was when you you said you were a biology major and then you switched over to psychology Mm -hmm. what was the biggest impact like why did you want to switch what made you switch
1: what made me switch? So,
0: I started. I took the courses like some of the, one of the
1: major courses uh, freshman year for biology, and I've always been a lover of science, right? And so when I took that course, something switched in me. When um, I had a I had I had a, a, um, a biology course, but then like a minor, like a smaller psychology course, and I was like, I'm so into science, but I'm feeling very connected to the mind, you know what I mean? How the mind works, what makes us tick, what makes us not tick. And I was always very, um, uh, growing up, very like, um, comforting. And I, and I like to talk to people and, you know, like make people feel better. And, and, and I always wondered like what, why people did certain things. So it just, it was a better fit for me. And, um, so I went for that just like, much like not playing basketball. I went, I just went for it. And, um, I'm so happy I did,
0: um, you know. And what part of um, psychology, how, how does that relate to sports? It, it's a very broad uh-huh. topic. It's a very broad question. But uh-huh. there's so many impacts, with whether it's mental health, whether it's mental toughness, whether it's understanding yourself and your mindset on how uh-huh. you communicate and all of that stuff. But uh-huh. what about psychology in sports how are they related and how do you help athletes work in that space
1: well like the athletes that come to me um and they discuss their it's either you know they talk about a lot of the clients I'm gonna give you some insight is like they're like should I continue playing should I not um you know my grades are falling while I'm trying to be dedicated to this um I don't know if I'm good enough, right? All of that. So to me, when you connect psychology to um sports, it's oh man, it's so many different things. Because it can even break down to like um, you know, the environment, how you're raised, your confidence level, your security within yourself, the um dedication, the time that you're, you know, the effort and consistency, um, the time that you're willing to put in. Um, you know, we've had small talks about my son and stuff like that and him playing baseball. So those types of things, um, as far as the mind goes, you know what I mean? And I do think it has a lot to do with the um, mental um, toughness um, because like we said, um, the different things that you just said about like people lifting weights in different countries, different ways, or, but they still go get it right. They still go get it, but their mindset is you know, that's an amazing mindset because you just go get it because everybody's situation is different. You know what I mean? Um, Other people, some, you know, some other people, their mind might not be as, you know, strong and they're not able to do those things depending upon, you know, factoring in what's going on at home. You know what I mean? What's home life like? Um, Am I being fed every day? Am I being abused? You know, so there's a lot of things, you know, and I know those are like tougher, you know, those are, really brutal things you know what I mean but if we're just talking about lighter things like you know am I able to balance this with my homework right because if I don't I'm gonna get kicked off the team anyways you know what I mean so I didn't realize until I was older that um you know hindsight is 2020 and when you look back on your life you're like I got through that and I didn't realize like until somebody else told me like you know, that was amazing what you did. You know what I mean? Because we're in ourselves. So we just think what we're doing is what we're doing, you know? Oh, it was, you know what I mean? Even though I might've went through something like, you know, I was on varsity and I maintained my schoolwork, but to me that was just, I had to do what I had to do. You know what I mean? But when you see, when there's really other people looking that are admiring us because, um, you know, for whatever, for so many various reasons, and I didn't really understand what I did when I was doing it. But when I look back and I'm like, balancing those things and, you know, nothing at my home was going crazy, you know, nothing crazy was going on at my home growing up, but still to even do that, you know, I need to, you know, pat myself on the back a little bit because that is, you know, amazing to do.
0: You know, until you said it. Mm mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it that way. So, mm-hmm. when, like, I really was able to balance school, yes, for family, friends,
1: yes, especially you, college, yes, like, yes, AAU. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, playing like,
0: AAU. Yeah, we. I mean, just like you, like I was, a, I was a freshman on varsity, yeah, and. You know, a lot of expectations were there, but mm-hmm. I had just as much pressure on myself as any mm-hmm. outside factor may have had on any had had any pressure on me. Okay. But I never thought about it the way you phrased it, and I was capable of handling that. And yeah. even though like nothing drastic was going on in my house either, I was very fortunate mm-hmm. in that. But it still, there were times where I got overwhelmed. There were times uh-huh. it was too much pressure. There was times where I was just like, you know what, this might not be for me because it's just a lot Mm -hmm. but we handled it and we battled through and we Mm -hmm. kept going until it was our time to stop whenever that stopping point is right so you know that's great perspective for for athletes that are going through it now whether you're in high school college pro doesn't matter think about and give yourself some grace because you yes. had to battle through a lot of spaces where it was probably it was really hard or yeah. your grades maybe fell a little bit. So you had to put a little more time into your grades and then maybe you had to cut one of your training sessions short or something yep. or vice versa. So give yourself that grace and yeah. know that you're doing the best you can. And if you're giving a hundred percent effort, then that's all anybody can ask of, ask of you, you know, for some, when, when these athletes come to you and, they're, and they have the self-doubt and maybe they have a little bit of negative self-talk or maybe they don't have that perfect home life or they're struggling with their confidence, what type of advice are you giving them?
1: Well, so we discuss what's going on. And then what I try to do is we reframe. We reframe thinking. Um, that's like the main thing. And reframe how they're thinking about a situation, depending on what it is, depending on if they don't think they're going to make it. We put a plan in place. Um, We reframe the thinking. we put a plan in place on how they're going to achieve what they tell me that they want to achieve. I don't ever pick their goals for them. They tell me what their goals are and we put a plan in place and um, for them to implement. And we check in. We check in when they come to, you know, session and, and, you know, I ask them, hey, have you done this? Oh, okay. Well, you haven't. Well, don't expect this. You know, and it's just as real as that. But you know, I'm saying it bluntly now. But you know, I say it a little more. You know, with a little more compassionate. And, right. uh, you know, in session. But that's just the real. You know, um, so um, those are two main things: reframing to have a positive mindset because you know a negative mindset will take over and tear you down from the inside out, you know, because you, um, those negative thoughts, you'll, uh, you know, ruminate on them and they'll continue to spin in your head and live rent free. So we, we, we do away with those and try to bring positive mind, you know, positive mindset in. And I'm very big on what are the facts? Because a lot of times the negative thoughts that we have are not even facts They're they're what you think or what you assume or what you think is going to happen. But I like to stick to facts. Tell me what, you know, tell me the facts. So, you know what I mean? I think I'm sure. going to fail because uh, I, I feel my grades dropping. I feel like I'm going to fail. I'm not going to even be able to play um, in my next two games. Well, what are the facts? Are you failing now? No. Okay, so so what you're doing is you're thinking in the future in a, ne- in a negative way. You don't know what's going to happen. So let's stay with the facts and let's put a, play, uh, a plan in place so that what you think is going to happen doesn't happen. You know what I mean? It's all about, um, you know, it's all about prevention, instead of intervention because you know, intervention you're waiting until something you know what I mean? So yep. we want to prevent what's going on and so that's that's what I try to help them with.
0: And that's crazy that you said that because something that I've learned along the way when it comes mm-hmm. to it kind of almost brings on anxiety, but obsession mm-hmm. with the past yields depression. Uh-huh. Obsess- yes. Obsession, with the future yields anxiety. That's right, you have to stay in the present moment in order mm-hmm. to give yourself the mm-hmm. best chance to be successful mm-hmm. and have optimal performance. That's right. That is, and great. so I love the reframing. I love the check-ins. Um, I mm-hmm. do a lot of that with my athletes as well, and uh, just I really like the fact that you said you stick to the facts. And when yeah. you stick to the facts, it strips away the emotion, it yeah. strips away the anxiety. It kind of puts in front of the person. This is exactly what's going on right now. Not what could happen, not yes. what might happen, but what is. is happening. That's right. Yes. get ourselves back to what's going on now. Yes. We are able to make the correct steps and take the right action to stay on that path. Yes. Perfectly said. Yes. And and I really like the I like to put the plan in the plan in place. That's one thing that I'm probably gonna steal and and, and use. Yeah. Um yeah. reframing and the check-ins yes but putting a plan in place and and allowing the athlete to say this is what i'm trying to achieve this is where i am the Mm -hmm. plan is how do we get there
1: Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so i
0: I really like that that's really that's really good insight um when it comes to to confidence um Mm -hmm. that's a big one that comes up in athletes that i work with teams that i work with having Mm -hmm. that confidence consistently because even the best of the best their confidence may dip but they don't let it dip from periods of time yes what do you talk to your athletes about when it comes to confidence
1: oh when it comes to confidence it's a bit tougher because that confidence comes with uh, you know like being self-assured when I was growing up like a lot of people that are around me that are friends they always ask my mom it's so funny that you ask this question they always ask my mom what did she do to make me so confident, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm still, I'm still humble, but you know, I'm not cocky at all or anything like that. I'm very confident about it when I'm going to do something like I was telling you, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. So when they ask her like multiple friends and like they literally get on the phone, my mom, they, because they have kids and now they want to instill whatever of she course. did. And, and what, what my mom says is she always told me, she always poured positivity into me. Like she always told me and, And I remember she always told me, like, I can do whatever I want to do. I can be whatever I want to be. And for whatever reason, I guess the main reason, her being my mom and knowing that she loved me, I believed her wholeheartedly. Like, I did not I didn't think that she was just saying that, you know, because I was she said it to me since I was small. So when you're small, you know, when you get up in teenage, you're like, oh, mom's just saying that. Right. Right. But when you start saying that when you're smaller, our kids believe us, you know, even more because they're young. They don't know. They don't know any different. So, because she was consistently telling me that, I believed it. I always joke and tell people, you can call me anything or tell me that I'm something. But the one thing, like, my, since my mom, she always told me that she loved me. She always told me that I was beautiful. And she always told me that um, I could do anything and I could be anything. And those three things to this day, like, anybody can tell me anything or call me anything. But, like, somebody's like, you know. And, of course, we're older now, so nobody says this. And nobody ever said it when I was younger either. But they're like, if somebody was like, you're ugly, I wouldn't believe them because I believe so wholeheartedly in what my mom told me that I was beautiful when I was growing up, that it's just something that's instilled in me, right? Right. And so the confidence even with, like, my son, it makes me be like, man, because that's what he seems to be lacking. But you wouldn't be able to tell out, it's just because I know him it's a, it's really tricky this confidence thing because now that you like I know him so he doesn't appear to be confident but when you talk to him he can answer yeah. questions very well he's very he's very humble so he's he's super super humble like yeah so you'll ask him like how did you that game and he'll be like yeah um I did pretty well you know and then he'll say that and you'll say, well, what did you do? And it's something spectacular that he's done. You know right. what I mean? It's not. It's I a grand well. slam
0: to win the game.
1: Yeah. And so <laughs> then I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm like, you know, you know, that, that that's pretty, that's awesome. You know? And so I'm telling him that, but then like when I would take him to tryouts when he was um, to, like tryouts to like these select teams mm-hmm. and I could see him like watching what they were capable of doing at the time. Because he wasn't, you know, he was just starting off. But he was still brave, but I saw that he wasn't confident. You know, he he wasn't confident. It's not even about the fear. He just wasn't confident in himself to, like, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, let's go. So he's grown with, you know, he's grown confidence over, you know, over time now. But so I don't know, you know, as far as the confidence, because it's
0: an in – It's like an internal thing, but it can be taught, you know? So a couple of things there that you mentioned that I really want to pull out and focus Uh on is your mom consistently poured positivity into you as a kid, and that always stuck with you even when you became a teenager, even into your adult life. So is that something that you currently do now with your kids um, because that's, it seemed that it seemed that that was very effective for you. And maybe you're a words of affirmation person. And so maybe that's why it was effective. Is that yeah. something that you practice with your kids as well?
1: Yeah. So I definitely practice it with my kids. My mom was not, my mom was a cheerleader and I guess, uh, okay. Cheerleaders are athletes. So, uh, like, but yes, yeah, are. she was a cheerleader. I was about to, I was about to, Don't do that was cheerleader. cheerleader. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Right. So she was a cheerleader. And she was a black fox, which was like a big thing at Prairie View. So she was a black fox. So she was a head cheerleader. So she was amazing in that. But my mom doesn't really have the, the way that we differ, I definitely pour into my kids like she poured into me. Now this, the way that we differ, my mom, because she was a cheerleader, she doesn't really have the grit, right? Mm-hmm. So with my kids, especially my boys and girls, I am very much so like I'm pouring into you, but I'm very much so like, a go get it, like we gonna get it. If we out here, we gonna do it. You know what I mean? Like we not half stepping. I'm not about to. Play. I don't play around. You know what I mean? Right. So and, and I'm not mean to them, of course. They're my kids or anybody, but you know how. Yeah. You know how some people get sensitive over that. Like when you get after, I'm like, let's go. You know what I mean? And I'm not the parent that's like, what are you doing? You know, I'm not obnoxious. I'm like before the game, I give a you know a nice talk. You got you need to do this. You know, it's positivity. But I consistently daily pour into my kids. You know, outside of sports, in sports, in school, outside of school, just anywhere, any, any, you know, all the time. So right, right, they have that all the time, and they know it's out of love. Even when I'm, I'm like, let's go, we, we gotta get it, bring the dog out today, let's go. You know, right. so I have the more, I have the grip. My mom is was not really like that, as far as sports with me, because you know, she was just, she was very, she's very mild um, mannered. And I am too, but I'm like, let's when it comes to basketball or any sport where we out here and we about to get it, it's like, let's go. It's, it's on. You know what yeah. I mean? Let's, let's go. So it's a different
0: did, level of competitiveness and oh, intensity. Man. It, it's probably yes. like for me, I'm very intense. I'm very competitive. Yes. That's, I was that's what I'm trying
1: to say. Yes. That's exactly. How my dad that's how I,
0: coached me even when it drove me nuts. That's yeah. how my dad coached me. Exactly. So um, I know. Yes. So it's hard. That's right. It when you're coaching exactly. or helping your kids, is yes. what I hearing you say. <laughs> yes,
1: and I'm like, you know, I'm like, let's go. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, and and when we're just practicing one on one, I'm like, hey, I don't want to hear it. Let's go. Like, if you, we doing it, let's go. You know? And right. So they're like, you know, they might pout and or whatever, but I'm like, let's go. This is what you said you wanted, so let's go. You know? And so I love that part of it because I like the the intensity of it. Because anything, I'm I'm competitive at everything you know what I mean right, like anything right. if somebody want to play oh okay I'm not letting you win none of that I'm not I don't I'm not doing
0: that. it's, it's gonna be close it's gonna be a nail exactly I, exactly, if exactly if I don't win it's gonna be yeah. a competitive game exactly regardless exactly. and when exactly. I win I I want it to be a competitive game so I can feel you know like I accomplished something yes <laughs> That was a worthy opponent and mm-hmm. we both went head to head and we played as hard as we yes. could. There has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. Yes. But it was competitive. Yes. Yes. I hear you. I hear you. And and something else she's kind of going back to that confidence piece that I that mm. I heard uh-huh. was um confidence, a lot of it is internal. And how I kind of interpret interpreted that piece of what you were saying is when it becomes when it comes to being in inter- confidence being internal, we're talking about what are you telling yourself? So your self talk. Yes. How are you preparing? Are you in Are you in the gym on the field? Whatever your playing surface is, are you putting in the extra work outside of team practice? Are you putting in the extra work, whether you're watching film, doing a workout, lifting weights, conditioning, agilities, whatever it is, are you cross training? And maybe like, I know a lot of in high school, a lot of coaches want um their football players to also run track or there are a yeah. lot of players that may play baseball. So they're cross training because different sports focus on different parts of the body and different emphasis as far as like taking off, slowing down, all of those things. So uh-huh are you putting in the actual work to gain the confidence that you need to step on any playing surface and be confident enough to dominate? That's right. And not feel that intimidation because how I see it, and I could be wrong, but how I see it is in the spaces where I was the most intimidated because there were times, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. where I was intimidated. Uh Spaces where I was the most intimidated is because I didn't feel prepared. I didn't feel like I had Uh... done enough work to compete at the level that i'm about to go play at
1: gotcha. and at
0: that point i was like well now i know where i need to be so now i know how i need to train because this isn't gonna happen again <laughs>
1: right right and right.
0: it didn't you know yep. so like yeah being a freshman on varsity i yep. was 14 playing with 16 17 and 18 year olds like yep. that's intimidating and i was yep. i wasn't just on the team i was playing a yep. lot of minutes ahead yep. of some upperclassmen that's yep. intimidating Yep. But I knew at that point in time in my life, I had put in the work to be in that position and I had confidence from my coach and I had confidence from my parents, which allowed me with all of those mixed together to have confidence in myself. And I think that's a piece when it comes to confidence that's missing is when these athletes step out to play and compete, they want to know that their coach is in their corner and they want to know that their parents are in their corner. And if one of those aren't in their corner, I can't honestly say that their confidence is going to be 100% there. I don't yeah. know if you agree or disagree. I would love yeah. to hear your take on that.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I agree. I, um, yeah, I definitely agree with that because it feels good when you, when you have that support of your parents and your coaches. So I definitely hundred percent agree. And another thing that you said about being a freshman on varsity, uh, it made me go back to the memory. Yeah, we were playing, Ahead of upperclassmen sitting on the, they were sitting on the bench, we were playing. And I remember now, like I used to think like, you know, I showed up and I played just like you, I played and I played hard and I, and I did my thing, you know what I mean? Freshman, right. they were like, oh my gosh, you know, but it, I, I would be lying if I did, if I, if I said that in the, now that you made me think of this memory, that in the back of my head, there was something that came up that was like, Dang man, these seniors on the bench. I wonder if they pissed, you know? Right. Like, you know what I mean, stuff like that. So you like, dang man, I'm taking somebody's spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but like my coach said, it we had a really good environment, and nobody, you know, was mean to me or anything like that. We had a really good environment, but like my coach always told us, you know, um, she would always say, uh, a year a year older doesn't mean a year better, and that's and it's true, you know. Mm. And so. That next year, I was a sophomore, I'm not getting my spot taken. I was a senior, nope, not getting my, you know, I'm not getting my spot right. taken. So,
0: that's just what it is. The, a coach, a coach's job at any level is to put the best five on the field yep. in basketball. Yep. I know other sports yep. numbers, but in basketball, to put the best five on the court, that gives them the best chance to win the game. Right, and if you're not in that five, then be in that seven because you're gonna need subs because you. Yep, that's right. You're going to need the bench that's to right. win games. That's so right. Be in that top seven. Be in that top eight. Some coaches seven man rotation. If you're not in the seven, that's it. Yep. But you yep. still have a role to play, and what you bring to the table still matters because you can affect the team morale. You can affect the team energy, and. Every person on that roster is just as important whether you play a lot, whether you don't play a lot. I was on teams where I didn't start. Yeah, wasn't the end of the world because my job wasn't to start on that team. My job was to bring energy off the bench. So yeah, if right. that was my role, that's yeah. what I'm doing. I, don't, right. I didn't get caught up in starting. I was more when the game is on the line and it's back and forth possessions, uh-huh. am I in the game? That's where my focus was on. Yeah. Start who you want to, coach. Am I in the game when the game is on the line and I have to make critical decisions to either win or lose this game? Do you yeah. trust me that much? Yeah. And all of that goes back to are you confident in yourself? Are you playing in the right system? Are you doing the things yourself to put yourself in that position? Because you don't just walk in the door and get it. Yeah. Have to put the work in. There's yes. no – no oh, because your parent is this person yeah. and you do this and blah, blah. No, 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 no. What work are you putting in on your own when nobody's watching?
1: That's right. That is so true. Yes. That is so true.
0: Yep. Uh, Man, is that's there something you want to add?
1: Uh-uh. That is just so true about the confidence piece because I never thought about it because I always had it, you know what I mean? Right. And so, I just always, I, I just never thought about it, but like you know, there are those people that like, hey, you know, that walk away from opportunities because they don't have the confidence. It's like when we were playing when we were hooping back, you know, when we were growing up and stuff and they, you know, they you shooting free throws and they like who you should send into the line coach. I'm 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 gonna say, you know, I'm gonna raise my hand every time, but it's right. people that, that walk away. They don't want they don't want the shot. They don't you want know? that pressure. But yeah, they don't want the pressure. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I never thought about it like that. But yeah.
0: Yep. So let's transition a little bit, um, from you being the athlete, me being the athlete and let's transition to now we're both in parent roles and we're trying to cheer on our kids and we're trying to, you know, work, do workouts with our kids to get them ready for their respective sports and all of those things. So let's kind of switch gears there and talk about it from that parent perspective. Um, so I know you said your son plays baseball, um, what has that been like for you watching him grow and watching him step into that baseball dream of his?
1: Oh man. So, oh man, it's amazing because from when he was little, you know, that's when people normally start playing sports. Mm-hmm. It was, Hey, come on, play. You want to try the basketball and play soccer? He was adamant about not playing anything. <laughs> he was so, and it was probably the pressure of like, um, People always ask him like, you want to play something? And he would always say no. He would always say no. He's not playing anything. And I used to be so, um not like hurt, really, but, you know, like, oh, man, like, I always wanted my son to play something, you know? And so I guess the word is disappointed. But, you know, it's just whatever, you know, it's just like, okay. So then all of a sudden, he was like, um, I want to play. And I'm like, he was like, I want to play baseball. At this point, he is 11 years old. hmm So um, I'm like, wow. You know? I'm like, wow, what do we do now? But I'm so excited. I didn't care.
0: <laughs> I, know
1: I know the <laughs> basics about baseball. I don't know the all the, you know, how you know basketball, you know everything. You know what I mean? Like, right. what this is called. I, I don't know anything about baseball. But I didn't care. I was like, oh, yeah. Um... We are about to do this, right? And I think maybe also a lot, like he started at 11 um, and his mom passed at 12. So maybe he really got into it because of, you know, that. um, And we, me and his dad kind of pushed it after she passed, but he really, right the year before he said that he he wanted to play. And I was just so excited.
0: Mm -hmm. What types of things um, and and workouts and training did you get him once he said hey I want to start playing baseball and this is his first time trying to play baseball and you know nothing what steps did you take to really get him involved in baseball and try to get him up to speed
1: oh man so I hired him a personal training coach that his pitching practiced his batting um all of that I started watching baseball myself so I could familiarize myself. I learned all the, the terms and, and everything like that because I wanted to make sure that, you know, I knew what he was talking about, but even if he needed like some help where there was no coach around, I was, I could, I could answer his questions for him. We start watching it, um, start buying, um, like Astro tickets for his birthday. Um, we just really dove in, you know, head first. We mm-hmm. uh, got him, uh, like the best bat on the market. Um, you know, make sure all his equipment and everything, like he had everything, um, got a baseball net, the net and stuff to where he could practice at home, um, the tee where he's hitting off of it onto the net.
0: Walk me through a day or walk me through some training that you did just to kind of give other parents ideas of what they can be doing at home with their kids to help, train them if they can't, maybe they can't afford a trainer or until they're able to get them to a trainer because you don't some people don't go to trainers every day so That's it's right. like what the trainer teaches them on Monday, they should be able to do on their own Tuesday and Wednesday until they go back to the trainer on Thursday. So kind right. of walk walk us through what were you doing at home specifically with him to help him until he would go back to the trainer?
1: Um, well, I would go outside, I would throw with him Uh, see, because I, when we would go to the trainer, I would listen, you know, I'm not Mm -hmm. there just to sit. So I'm listening to what he's telling him and I'm recording so that he could see what the trainer showed him. So we could watch it again when we go, um, when we're at home by ourselves. So I'm watching him throw. So we go outside and we throw, I'm taking him to the batting cages so that he could practice the swing that the trainer just taught him. Um, there it's very, um, the techniques of, um, rotating your hips and spinning your foot, you know, when you're Mm -hmm. batting, um. I didn't know that was so crucial, but it is. And so, like, I would record him and show him how. When the trainer said that was amazing, that was perfect, so that he could keep he could keep doing it, you know. Right. And um, so now, right now, his batting is his best attribute, you know.
0: A lot of what I hear, I mean, there's a lot of involvement, and from a parent perspective, the involvement can't just be dropping them off and and bringing them and picking them up, right? Um, if if you really want your athlete to succeed at those high levels the details is what i'm hearing are very important all the way down to how your foot moves all the way down to how you you twist your hips because in baseball there's a lot of throwing and hitting so a lot of core and hip movements and the stronger your core and the more aligned your core and hips are the more successful you're going to be the more powerful you can be as a batter or as a as a um a pitcher and so a lot of – something that I did hear you say was when you record him with a trainer working on batting techniques, um, the coach would say that's the, the way that you want to bat, that's right. successful, that's going to give you the most success. And to me that sounds – I call them yes shots because in basketball when you shoot it, when you shoot it with – regardless of the outcome, when you shoot it with the right form, in rhythm, you're on balance, all of those things that make you have – A higher percentage chance of making a shot, we call it a yes shot. Yeah. And so it's almost like a yes back. Did everything in proper technique, balance, the twist, you swung at the right time, you swung on you know, with confidence on balance, all of those things. And so It's really important for athletes, whether the parent is doing it or whether the athlete is setting up a camera and, re- and recording themselves, that you record yourself while you train, record yourself while you're practicing, watch game film. It's really important that you go back and analyze that because that's going to give you a lot of insight and things that you think you're doing, you're probably not doing. And right. every athlete falls into that category because I remember when that happened to me the first time and I watched film and I was like, no, no. But I remember getting the help side, and I was standing on the block. Right, wasn't even close to help side. So you know, just like things like that, the importance of being involved, the importance of recording yourself. I record my son now when I way, and I show him. I'm like, hey, you just traveled, and he's like, no, I didn't. Okay, (laughs) cool. Let's rewind it and I'll show you and then we'll watch it and he's like oh yeah I did travel and so it gives them that instant feedback it gives them the ability to see themselves and grow and then they start to pay more attention to the little details and it sounds like that's a lot of what you you are doing currently because he's still Mm -hmm. playing Mm -hmm. help him succeed and he made his high school team right yes he did okay and so I imagine a lot of that success came from the hard work that he put in Mm -hmm. before the season started, before tryout started, and a lot of the dedication and commitment that the parent, meaning you, poured into him to give him the confidence to, even though he started late. For baseball, 11 is actually really late. But he may have started late, Yeah, and he was able to overcome that barrier because he put in the work and he put in that time to get better. In the stands you're in the stands you're at the games you're at the training sessions what role do you play as a parent watching watching your kid because there's a lot of parents that obviously uh-huh. are supporting their kids and that's a really important part of helping them grow uh-huh. and helping them get scholars so tell me about your parent your parental experience in the stands as you're watching him play games you know
1: I'm definitely there for the support um you know I am Uh, I'm not recording the whole game because you know it's baseball baseball is very long any game is pretty long but I am taking um, some snapshots and stuff uh, not only for my uh, my photo album of him but just just to show him um, some things that you know he may um, may have done well or not not as well Um, and just you know in the stands and after we leave definitely we talk about it what he thinks he's done well what he thinks he could improve on every game um and we do that but in the stands I'm really um there to support him and uh you know root for him and make sure that he can feel me and you know I make sure that he sees me and he just he just lights up just knowing that I'm there and um you know I'm sure he goes harder. You know, when you see your mom or your dad in the stands, you're like, "Oh yeah." You know, it's you know. So, um, he just smiles every time when he sees me. So, um, I'm there just for mainly the support and to make sure that he knows that I'm I'm near.
0: Right. So, two things that you mentioned that I think are really important is just being in the stands and your presence of being there can really uplift your kid. Mm-hmm. It's important that you're there and do anything possible to be there at the game, supporting them. I know it's in every situation. It's not always perfect. I'm not naive to that. I get it. But if there's a way for you to be there, be there because it's yep. to the, to the kids they are looking for you. Sometimes mm-hmm. um, they want to know, cause that's going to be the one game where they hit a grand yeah. slam and yeah. mom, did you see it? Dad, did you see yep. it? And you didn't. And so it, it's like this awesome moment in their life and you may not have been able to be there. And, but the beauty of the, the good thing about it now versus, you know, some years ago is people have their phones out all the time recording. So you're probably going to get 15 videos of that same year. And that's going to be awesome because you can celebrate and still be a part of that with them. But if there's any, if there's a way for you to be at a game, it's really important that you do what you can to get to as many games as possible. Um, I know I always appreciated when my parents were um, at the games, a lot of the games, just about all of my games before I went to college, my brother would run up to me and he'd be like, good game. Even if I played like trash, even if I was the star player, it didn't matter he was always running up to me telling me good game and I'm pretty confident he didn't even see the game he was probably playing <laughs> doing anything else but watching me play yeah. but it mattered to me like it meant something to me and so I think that's really good that you're just there for the support role and obviously you cheer and things like that but you're really just there to support and and help and help him feel a little bit more comfortable and confident yeah the other thing that you mentioned was talking about the game after the fact. Um, The car ride home after games, good or bad, are scary times for a lot of athletes. They were for me. So I would be curious to see, like, what... um, Do those happen right after the game? Do they happen in the car? Do they happen at home after emotions have kind of died down? Like, what is that... When does that conversation happen? And kind of, what does it look like?
1: Um... I talked to him in the car, like on the ride, just because, you know, um, it's just, you know, he can remember, you know, and it's just right after when we get in the car, whether it's good or bad, his demeanor is the same. He's very, um, positive. Mm -hmm. So as long as he gave it his best, he's always fine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know how some kids are like, dang man, we lost, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, like when I played, I hated to lose. And, right. you know, I would still be um, positive about the lo- – like, I was a um, a good loser. You know what I mean? How people say, like, sore loser. But I was a good right. loser. Like, I didn't – I wasn't, you know, nasty about it or rude or anything. But I'd be like, man, I wish we won. You know what I mean? Of course. And that is like, for my son, yet, he's not – that's why, like, um, at first when he was playing, I used to get um, frustrated before he started playing, before he made this team. I used to be like – do you really want to play because he, the fire that, you know, and I wasn't expecting him to have the same fire I had, but like he didn't, he doesn't mind losing. If that makes sense. Like he's just okay. You know? And I'm like, like, you know, we keep things in perspective right. and it is okay to lose. Like, because you're going to lose, you know, that's just the reality, but there's no grit behind it to the, where I'm like, bro, you know, y'all just, and he's just like, Oh yeah. Yeah you know, move on to the next thing, and it's like, you, like, that's it, like, you don't have no passion or fire behind, like, losing, you know what I mean, like, man, like, I lost, I should have hit this, you know, when I used to who I used to be like, man, if I would have just hit that one, and crossed her over like this, I would have, man, we would have been, you know, I would, you know, you talking about the, you know, but he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, we lost, and, you know, um, I'm fine either way, Um, I tried my best, which is awesome, you know, as long as he is trying his best, so that's great but um so i used to get frustrated and i always told him don't expect you know it, the effort that you put in is what you're going to don't expect something that you didn't put in you didn't put in the work for it don't expect to have some spectacle you know so
0: right yeah. it it almost sounds like he's not overly attached to outcomes yes like yes. He's really yes. He really focused in on the process yes and on what he did and how he yes. how, not in a conceited way but yeah. he everything he could To the best of his ability, and the outcome will be what it's going to be. That's right. Which is awesome too. Which is awesome. It is, and yeah, I really teach process over outcome. But it it still stings. It still hurts when you lose. I'm not advocating losing. Yeah, it it stings to lose. But when you know you did everything you could, it doesn't sting as bad as when you're like, "Well, I only played fifty percent, so and now you're more mad because you lost because you you didn't put in that effort, and so." that's kind of a really neat perspective um I can't say that I was that way I was very upset I was a very emotional player in the sense that if we lost I was really upset uh-huh. if we won uh-huh. I'm probably like over the top dramatic uh-huh. <laughs> you know especially like a, a yeah. rivalry game or something yeah. like that so no I get that like teaching process over outcome and making sure that the work you put in is the priority, whether it's a game or practice and the outcome will be what it's going to be. It's going to be, that's right. We can't, we did everything we could in the time frame we had to, to, to win. And we did it. That's right. And it it doesn't make it easier. I'm not, like I said, I'm not advocating losing. I'm not saying it's okay to lose, but it's a part of any sport that you play and how you handle it. Propels you to get prepared for the next game. Yeah. No, this yep. is good. This is really good. Is there anything yep. else you want to add before we close? Oh, no.
1: I'm good to go. All Thank
0: right, you girl. for having me. It was it was awesome. Amazing, all, as usual. Yeah, well, Brittany, I truly appreciate your time, all of your insight, all of your little nuggets that you dropped. It was a great conversation, as always. Um, so I truly, truly appreciate you being on the podcast. Um, with every episode, we work to give athletes one degree of separation from the competition by giving useful and insightful tips and advice on their journey to greatness. At 211 degrees, water is hot. At 212 degrees, water boils. With boiling water comes steam, and with steam, you can power a train. Are you willing to be the one-degree difference? Thanks for listening tonight to When the Ball Stops podcast, and I hope you enjoyed the show.